What's up, family? Your favorite time of the day is Speak. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That's Dave Hellman, NFL insider, the one and only Joy Taylor, and Eagles all-time Russian leader, 2-5. Two, two, what are you say, saying yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the viewers. Come on, tell them. Come on, now. Come on. Stick <laughs> to the basics. Uh, volume ups. Remotes down. Stay for a while. There you Stick go. The there you go. I'm glad you got me right. Well, speaking of getting right, the Eagles took care of business yesterday versus the Texans. Stick to the basics, Shady. I wish the Eagles would have. Now, at halftime, it was tied. It was not looking great for the Eagles, but the Eagles did Eagles things, taking a lead late into the third and obviously the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts, two touchdown passes. He did lose a fumble, however, but Philly's defense did what they always do. Two sacks, three sacks, two picks. They shut the Texans down one by 12. Shady, I'm thinking about it now. They're 8-0. The yeah. Eagles won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, but they didn't even start 8-0 that season. Okay. What in the world could stop the Eagles? Oh, that's a good question. Though. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to beat us, to stop us. The only thing I think can stop the Eagles is probably the Eagles. Mm. Right? I think if we turn the ball over, um, if we don't get turnovers, I watched earlier in the game where the, the Texans were running the ball up and down the field, right? Now, granted, um, um, my big dog wasn't Jordan there. Davis Jordan Davis wasn't there. So I, I, I kind of could see that a little bit. But other than that, it's, it's really about us. And that's the scary thing is that you don't have to worry about no part of your, of your team on the defense, on the offense, special teams, turnovers, none of that. You just got to worry about handling the business up front, catching the ball, the small things, the basics, tackling, catching, because we are the real deal. And everybody knows it. And listen, 7-0 or 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, another one, 9-0. And then before you, before you know it, we'll be undefeated for the whole year. So Philadelphia Eagles, nothing to worry about, baby. Just stick to the basics, play football, and win games. 2-5, I think one thing and one place could stop the Eagles. One thing, one place. You could say one person in one place. Okay. Dak Prescott and or the Dak? Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen to me, 2-5. Listen to me, 2 I didn't even say that. That Ew. wasn't even me. Listen to me. That wasn't even me. Are you serious? I am. Oh. I think Dak Prescott <laughs> is the only person that has enough help and has enough talent to stop him. Kirk Cousins ain't going to stop the Eagles. We saw what happened when the Vikings played the Eagles. Um, Tom Brady doesn't have enough help. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough help. Marcus Mariota, I don't think he has it, nor does he have enough help. Okay. The Saints, nah, they ain't got it. Right. The San Francisco 49ers, I just need to see them get healthy. I'll talk more about them later. Okay. But Dak Prescott is the only quarterback, I think, that has enough heart and has enough help to mm -hmm. stop the Eagles. Dak Prescott does not get punked. He doesn't. We know how much Dak Prescott has been through on the field and off the field. He don't get punked, and he has enough help in Micah Parsons, et cetera, not to mention divisional game. But more than divisional game, he got enough heart and help. Otherwise, it's the Super Bowl. A team in the AFC is what I mean when I say that, okay, when I okay. say the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott and the Super Bowl, I think the only thing that could stop the Eagles, because Kirk Cousins ain't doing it, Brady ain't doing it, Rodgers ain't doing it, Mariota ain't doing it, ain't nobody else doing it. So, you can, so you can see it's going to the Super Bowl, you're saying? Too. No question. Okay. No question, okay. Coach. Okay. No well, it's it. like, okay, I get we, we close. We just not, you know what I'm saying? He's not there. Joy, uh, what is stopping the Eagles? I very much have Eagles colors on. You do. Today. You do. Yeah, you're a smart girl. This is a different green. Yeah. This, isn't, yeah, <laughs> this is not, not Eagles, Eagles green. green. That's a little closer to, like, Packers green. Ooh, I don't know if I like that either. <laughs> Go ahead, though. We all make choices. Uh, I don't think anything's stopping the Eagles before the Super Bowl. Now, to be clear, I don't think the Eagles will go undefeated. I don't think they need to go undefeated during the regular season in order for me to keep this same opinion. It's remarkable that they have the record that they do this far in the season. It's commendable. They're the best team in the league. They continue to win in different ways. As you mentioned, it looked a little shaky there for a couple minutes last night. It was like, oh, you know. But the Texans, the Texans are a bad team, but the Texans got pride. Yeah, We've seen yeah. some really bad teams in NFL history before, and we look at the matchups and we watch them play, and we're like, they're not 
they don't even really feel like they're inspired. They're going to give you a game, or at least they're going to try to. They run the ball hard. Davis Mills is interesting. Lovey ain't playing no games. He's out there trying to win. Beard look good. It does look good. <laughs> I think you keep it. It looks good. So this, that was a good win for the Eagles last night, even, even if it was over a bad team. you got to be able to overcome, get some different things thrown at you, and that's what I like about what the Eagles continuously do. They win in different ways. They win through the air. They win with their legs. They play hard. They play smart. They're well coached. They adjust. And what I love most about the Eagles is they really have leadership. The way Jalen talks about this team, the way he talks about being undefeated, it's very poised. It's not dramatic. It's very confident. It's similar to Tua talking about the Super Bowl. It's just a little confidence, a little nudge. We know what we're doing. We know what we're here to do. We're not worried about regular season stuff. We're worried about the big picture. So I, I, I don't think anything can stop the Eagles until they get to the Super Bowl. I had to check my phone real quick just to see what day it was. Because, like, we're, we're over here. Like, I'm like, man, it must be Christmas right now. Like, it must be, it must be right around playoff time. It's November 4th. The Eagles have played less than half of the games that they have to play to even get through the regular season. How are we sitting here saying what's going to stop the Philadelphia Eagles as if it's like ordained that they will be in this? It was written on high <laughs> that the Eagles will be in the get out of here. That, look, I, I, look, I, no, you can't even call me a hater. You can't even do it. I said Jalen is the is the MVP today. Jalen Hurts would be the MVP. I'd vote for him if the season ended today. It doesn't. Put that in them notes. Do it. I already said that. They're they're one of the three best teams in the league. Can't we just be impressed with that? Look at look at this. Look at this. Eight teams have started 8-0 over the last 10 years. Four of them lost their first game in the playoffs. And only three of the eight even got to the Super Bowl. Let me double check. None of them won it. Not even the, the 2015 Panthers, who started 14-0 and finished 15-1, got there. Didn't win. Eesh. Look at the playoff. Like, this Eagles team, this is going to sound like an insult. Give me one sec. Go ahead. This is going to sound like question. an insult. This Eagles team reminds me a lot of the Cowboys last year in the sense that I don't know what adversity they have faced. I really don't. Like, they've got an 8-0 record. They were pushed a little bit by the Arizona Cardinals. Other than that, they've been very efficient. I don't think they've really had to sweat a win, which is impressive in and of itself. But what about when you go up against somebody who's a little bit better? I got a question then. Um, because you're, you're statistically saying that 80% of the time over the last 10 years, a team starts 8-0. If yeah. I heard that right. There's eight. been an 8-0 team eight times since eight 2013. Times. So 80% of the time. So then is it not that impressive to you? If it happens 80% of the time, is the Eagles 8-0 record not that impressive to you? I don't even – like, because I, I try to avoid sounding like a hater. It's impressive. They've got the best record <laughs> in the NFL. What you, yeah, well, it is if, hard if to do. If it's done 80% of the time, I do think that discredits it, like, a little bit. It, I, I do think wow, it's, it's like, hard to do, but it happens every year. That's what Acho is basically saying. playing with the numbers, though. So, find me a team that, that well, a good record from, I don't know, for the first eight, game, eight games, right, that, that wins championships. If you can find that number. I mean, in the last, like, what, on, over the last 20 years, the 2006 Colts and the 2009 Saints started 8-0 and won the Super Bowl. Like, it does happen, you could, you could but being, being 8-0 halfway through the season is not an indicator that you'll even be there at the well, end of the, well, at the I mean, season. Joey, you know, starting 8-0 is good to me. Right? I, I, of course, of course. If I could be on a team with starting 8-0, I would take that. I would take that. Mm -hmm. That's okay, not the question, wait, though. Number two, you compare us to the Cowboys last year. Yeah. We're way different. We're, we're coached way better, right? We're a lot smarter football team. We don't just have a whole bunch of dumb penalties. That's fair. That's not how we play ball. Mm -hmm. right? And we play team ball. Defense, y'all hold, hold it down for us. We need a turnover, get the turnover. We need a touchdown and convert on turnovers, we do that. 
That's what a real team is. You get turnovers, that's cool. But are you getting points off the turnovers? As you seen last night, we did that. So I just want you guys to just be respectful, please. <laughs> when we talk about Philadelphia Eagles, just be respectful. Like, what do you think see, is disrespectful? Where's the like, disrespect? Like, well, you, you compare us to the Cowboys, right? That's a Cowboys, Cowboys went 12-5 last year. Somewhere. Let's start at 7-1. Yeah. And then what happened? Got in the playoffs, like they got But that's building. the point I think he's trying to make. The, the difference is, like, okay, so we talked the quarterback. I thought the biggest difference from the Cowboys to the Eagles, this player-wise, was probably the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dak's, like, super good like he does, but I think Dak is good. Yep. I think Jalen was kind of learning. He was, young, he was a young quarterback. It happens. Now that he's arrived... We a whole different team, whole different team. Our GMs is a lot better than, than the Cowboys. True. Look at our t- look, look at our roster. See, one thing about football, I love to like compare the rosters. I can't think of another team put together like the Eagles. Really, you believe that? I mean, like who up with 49ers, Bills, 49ers? Yep, that's about it. The McCaffrey trade kind of kind of mm-hmm, put it. Mm-hmm. But, but where else? That's it. Buffalo Bills. They're they're a good team. But that, that roster for roster not better than the, than the Eagles. I want to see the Eagles play against a team that can score with them. And, and maybe I'll give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they're good enough that that team doesn't exist. But I doubt it. And my thing is, just look, I wrote this down. It's very impressive the way the Eagles play. It's, it's honestly kind of unique for the NFL. Like the Eagles remind me more of like a very dominant college team in the sense. Look, these are their scoring drives last night. 18 plays, 10 plays. I love it. Two plays, which came off of a pick that they got from Houston in the red zone, and then another 10 plays. Like, they grind the ball down the field. They eat up clock. It's rare this season that you see the Eagles go zipping up and down the field three, four, five, six plays at a time. It's not a bad thing, yeah. but if you're going against it's Josh Allen or somebody yeah. like that, I'd like thing. to see you be you able know to do not that. A bad thing? It's a great thing. We're talking about playoffs, right? That's, that's playoff defense. That's playoff football. Playoff, no, no, playoff defense. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen and uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Superstar quarterbacks, right? Lights out. How do you, how you defend them? Obviously by defense. Keep the ball. Keep the ball. So now we showed last week that we can score in two, three plays up top. A.J. Brown, mossed on. One, two, three. All three of y'all. Or we can have 10-play drives, 12-play drives, eating the clock up. Yep. On a, as an offense, when we were, like, super efficient with the Eagles, um, well, Mike Vick that year, when we went up, well, but we started out like 4-1, and one, right? But we were setting offensive records. And teams were trying to defend us. So, it's like, how can we defend this team? Especially with Chip Kelly. That year went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. we were lights out. D- defenses, or I'm sorry, other offenses, what they would do was they would slow the game down, yep. right? Take the, take the shot clock or the play clock all the way down. That's what Houston so, was trying to so do. So, my thing is now, look at the offense. Well, we're eating the clock up. we scoring drives, and we taking, what, six, five, six minutes mm-hmm. off the clock? That's hard to do, so that's playoff football. Joy, did yesterday's game give you more concern about the Eagles or did it give you more confidence? Through the first half of the game, the Texans played the Eagles perfectly. Tied up in Houston. Obviously, the Texans only gave the Eagles uh, three possessions, forced a turnover. I was watching that game, and I was like, hmm, I like the strategy. Let's see if the Texans can keep it up. It gave me confidence because I was like, the Eagles, you couldn't have played worse, and you still won by double digits. Mm. But what did it give you, concern or confidence? No, I don't get concerned about what you play halfway through a game. How do you finish a game? You're allowed to get scored on by another NFL offense. Like, for how bad the Texans are, like I said to start the show – they play with pride. Mm-hmm. Like they're not they just going tough. out there mailing it in just because they know that the Eagles are a better team than them. That's why that first half went that way. And then, of course, you have more talent. You have a more cohesion. You have a better team altogether. You have a better game plan. Then you win the game, and that's what happened. But you know, give the Texans some respect. They're still right. an NFL team. They're right. still, they still have a, a, a real coach. 
They still have some real players who are playing for their future as well. So I don't get caught up in like, oh, the first half, blah, blah, blah. How they finish the game? Right. Quite convincingly. Yeah. There, there was nothing to talk about in the second half that wasn't Eagles football. I think you made a great point, Shady. Looking at oh, how, thank you, Joey. Yes, Sorry. No, you're, thank you. you're right, thank you so though, because that, that is the best defense for yeah. players like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. What's the best way to, to hold them back? They're not on the field. They're on the sideline watching. Getting cold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the best defense you can have. So if you can win over the top, which we know they can, but if you can also grind down the clock, that's crucial. So that, that, there's nothing about the Eagles that I can truly poke a hole in. Sorry, Dave. I know you want to respond. You ain't got time. Sorry, we got to go. But we got a very, very interesting conversation coming up. Remember, Kyrie Irving, five-game suspension without pay because he refused to apologize. But then late into the midnight hour yesterday, he did. Hear what we have to say about all the Kyrie Irving drama. That's next. Super check. Again. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you have not heard, the Nets suspended Kyrie Irving for at least five games without pay yesterday. They had a very strong stance. They said that they were dismayed that he refused to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs. A few hours after the announcement, Kyrie then posted on Instagram in part saying, to all the Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain and I apologize, close quote. Joy, we had great conversations about this pre-show. Let's bring it to y'all, our TV family, about all this. Kyrie Irving has said a lot of stuff. He hasn't said stuff. I don't know which has been more damaging, what he has said or what he actually hasn't said. But Joy, break this down. Uh, do you like Kyrie Irving's apology? No, I could care less about Kyrie Irving's apology. I'll start by saying I'm absolutely enraged over the situation. So uh, while I am presenting calm, I'm the opposite of that. If I feel angry, I am. I'm enraged that the black community is now divided and arguing amongst ourselves about whether Kyrie is right or wrong. And if you denounce what Kyrie said, you'll be automatically labeled as anti-black. I will, this, that's what will be under the responses if this, when this is posted, is that I'm anti-black, which couldn't be further from the truth, but it will happen. I'm enraged that the Jewish community is now operating from a place of fear because of what Kyrie did, that misinformation has been spread that won't be able to be taken back, and the NBA is now dealing with this as the number one story surrounding their league, a league that has done tremendous work to advance the conversation around race relations in yeah. this country, to have empathetic race and diversity conversations, right. who encourages diversity and progress, voting, hiring black coaches, hiring black staff, promoting their players and the platforms that they use to help the community. And none of that is being talked about. We are now talking about Kyrie and anti-Semitism. So it is enraging that this has happened, which is why I don't have any use for his apology. He had seven days to do what he did yesterday. <clears throat> seven days. We're all adults. We're friends. If I said something or posted something that truly deeply hurt you and you came to me and said, this hurt me, here's why, here's the damage that this caused, 
this is this is hurtful. If it took me seven days after multiply doubling down multiple times, saying that you have an army around you, I don't want to misquote him. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have an army around me. If I said that to you after you told me that you caused me harm, would you have any respect for me? Would you think I was your friend? Would you think that I was a, a kind, empathetic person? No. No, of course you wouldn't. No, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question. Of course you would not feel that way. And if after something catastrophic happens or I was suspended from work for what I said, if I then apologize to you, you would think of it as inauthentic. I'm a 35-year-old woman. I'm uninterested in words. What do you do? What are your actions? And that's also what's enraging because Kyrie does a lot for the community. He does a lot. He has done a lot of kind, empathetic things. And we can't focus on those things because he continues to derail it with things like this. So the apology does absolutely nothing for me. I love what you said. I, I will say... Um to counter that, I, I like the apology because it was given. He didn't necessarily have to give it. I like the apology because it was given. Because truth be told, it is easier to convince Kyrie Irving to say seven words, I'm sorry, seven letters, I'm sorry, than it is to convince Kyrie Irving of why he should be sorry. You know when you're talking to a kid, when you're talking to a child, they push somebody on the playground. Well, I don't know why I need to be sorry. It doesn't matter. You hurt somebody, yeah. say you're sorry. Right. And at this junction in time, Kyrie Irving, I will not call him a child, but he is operating out of a place of ignorance where I think hopefully further in life he will understand why he is ignorant. Now, to continue the back half of Joey's point, I actually don't think Kyrie Irving is intentionally malicious. Why? Because in March of 2020, Kyrie Irving donated 17 pallets of food to a Native American tribe, along with $15,000. Yeah. In May of 2020, Kyrie Irving donated $323,000 to Feeding America. In July of 2020, Kyrie Irving donated, donated $1.5 million to cover the WNBA's lost wages. In December of 2020, Kyrie Irving paid for the tuition of nine HBCU students. In January of 2021, Kyrie Irving bought a house for the family of George Floyd. Kyrie Kyrie Irving's track record shows that he is not necessarily intentionally malicious, but that doesn't tell the whole story because unintentional malice is the worst kind of malice because then you can't convince the person why they are actually in the wrong because they don't actually realize that they are in the wrong. Yeah. So I would be remiss if I did not state my <clears throat> personal opinion is that Kyrie Irving is not intentionally malicious. However, that's actually the worst kind of malice because then you cannot convince Kyrie Irving why what he is doing is in fact wrong. Shady, I want to hear where you stand. Heard where Joy stand. You know where I stand. What do you make and did you like Kyrie Irving's apology? Yeah, that, that was a great point. That was well said. Um, I actually do, I, I accept and I agree, agree with, with his apology. Um, I just think that like, so I had a chance to interview Kyrie Irving, I am athlete. How long did y'all sit down for? How many hours did y'all sit down? Well, we sat down for two hours, but he, we, we hung out for about four hours, right? And just getting to know him a little bit, Kyrie's the type of guy, he does a lot for the community, right? Him and his foundation, all the things you've named and more. Um, I think the thing with him is, like, I don't, I don't think he understands, um, like, the room. When I say that, as far as, so, he, it's a lot of things that he believes in, right? He reads tons of books. He researched. I know he, he had the thing where he, he tweeted or Instagram, mm -hmm. thing, um, the documentary. But even going that far, is like, he believes in a lot of different things. So, for example... He talked about his mother, how, you know, um, he did the research on her background and found her culture um, and her tribe, right? And South Dakota, like all these different things that I probably would never do. <laughs> my mom, I just, it's my mom. But he's a different guy. And the things that he really believes in, he actually believes that. So I, the one thing about, especially with athletes, especially a guy like him who is big into research and everything, 
For example, he may say something or do things and you don't know how it will affect somebody else, right? You don't know how it will affect the community or a race. And I, and I think once he maybe realized how hurtful that really was, I think he, you know, said sorry. I just think that when a guy is so deep into himself as far as learning about different things, and I'm sure there's somebody coaching him up and teaching him this and et cetera, and he, he's one of them guys where he'll, he'll speak what he feels. Maybe if it might offend you, offend me, I don't think he sees that part of it until it happens. I think what's best for him is maybe talk to a publicist. You don't have these, you have these ideas, you have these thoughts, you have these beliefs. And before you make it vocal to the world, maybe run it past your publicist because you don't see how it may affect different people. Because look where we are right now. A lot of people are affected by it. And I think once he realized that, he's like, damn, now, you know, let me try to, you know, apologize because I am sorry. He might not know how deeply he hurt people. Now, Dave, you have been on the other side of the podium for hundreds of thousands of hours, I would have to imagine, hearing different quotes, having athletes say things and retract those statements. But this one is unique. Where do you stand on Kyrie Irving's apology? Did you like it? Well, that last part, I, I don't dislike it. I think you said something similar. Like, at least he did it, right? But, man, isn't that the bare minimum here? Like, after everything that's happened? And, Shady, I think you make an interesting point, but as Joy said... This news cycle is a week old at this point. And somebody of Kyrie Irving's stature, I mean, the Nets owner was talking about this within hours of, of that post going up. It's been a topic throughout the media, throughout the league. He's been questioned about it. He was questioned about it way back at the beginning of the week after a Nets game. Then he gave a disastrous press conference where he doubled down and didn't really offer any kind of apology. The Anti-Defamation League got involved. The commissioner of the NBA got involved. So, and look, I've screwed up plenty of times in my life, said, done, insensitive things. Typically, hopefully, the first one or two times that somebody talks to you about it, you recant and realize where you're, like, where you went wrong, what you did wrong, seek to learn how to improve it. For this to come after a week's worth of an avalanche of news about it, and then when he gets suspended, which means he's losing money. I agree with Joy. It feels hollow. I, like I said, it's, it's better that he gave a hollow apology than said nothing or doubled down even further, but I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for it at this point. See, I, I disagree with a hollow apology. I don't need you to apologize to me, especially if this is what you really believe. I would rather see you mask off. It's, it's the subtle things that are maddening to me. Let me know who you really are. I don't need you to apologize if this is not what you believe. Don't apologize to me. Don't apologize to the people that are offended if it's not what you believe. It's, it's performative. Yeah. I, what, what good does that do me? It, it's not fixing the problem that's been created. It's not convincing the people that are now watching and consuming this documentary <clears throat> that what's in it is harmful. To be clear, this documentary endorses the idea that the Holocaust never happened. This is dangerous material. It's not pro-black. It's not even simply anti-Semitic. It's white supremacy. It is white supremacist talking points. It's being funneled through this tunnel and out of Kyrie's mouth. And now it is public and people are watching this, consuming it and absorbing it as if it is truth. It's dangerous. And you can't apologize for something seven days later after you've doubled down, after you said you've had an army, after you said you're not going, you're, you know who you are, and then expect people to take this as genuine. And if you do, that's, you, you can do that. You're, you're allowed to do that. I personally am more concerned about what 
your actions are that led up to it. Yes, he does great things for the community, as I said in the beginning. He has done all those things. And your reputation should precede you. But let's not put Kyrie in a, in a vacuum. Like, we don't have evidence that he's blown up multiple organizations, the Cavs, the Celtics, and now the Brooklyn Nets. That this, there isn't, this isn't one incident in a long line of incidents that Kyrie has been involved with that, that exhibits selfishness from his teammates, from his organization. <clears throat> What is this apology supposed to do? Well, it, well, first and foremost, don't you think it, it's blatantly supposed to check a box? Like, let's cut, let's right, cut. But let's I, cut I, the I, that's, yes, it's I would blatantly agree, but I am not a box. box checker. But he, in this instance, had to because all, at a minimum, what needed to happen was an apology. Remember, he donated, he committed to donating $500,000 to the anti-defamation, uh, to that group. But then they rejected they the donation. Yeah, they didn't They're want like, it. no, keep your money. We don't even want the money after his latest uh, inability to denounce the, the movie that he posted. Don't you think, Joy, at a minimum, he had to apologize because... At, le at least he's apologizing for how he made people feel. He's not apologizing for his action, but sometimes people are like, look, I, I stand by what I said, right. but I will at least apologize that what I said hurt you. Don't you think that was the apology in play here? Yeah, six days ago. Six Kyrie is not a child. This is a grown man with immense access. He makes $40 million a year. This isn't someone that doesn't have access to, to, to humans that have gone through this, who have families who are affected by this, who, who are true scholars and educators. He says he studies. There are people who live this for their, their life, is fighting these kinds of conversations. So, sure, apologizing is step one. But this didn't happen yesterday. It happened a week ago. So why do we have to wrestle you down to get you to understand, as a grown man, the harm that you're causing? Yeah. I just think even with the apologies, like, it's hard for us to tell him that when did he feel sorry, right? Maybe he didn't feel sorry the, the, once he said it or the day after he said it. Maybe it hit him differently than it hit us. That's the only thing that, like, of being a person is like, maybe something affects you differently than it affects me. Maybe, I, dang, you know what? I messed up by saying it. Maybe I realized he realized that the sixth day or the seventh day. Maybe he didn't realize this the second day it happened. Like, that's real. You know, there's some things I might say to people where, it might come off a certain way. I don't see it like that. And then different people talk to me. I'm like, dang, I'm out of pocket. I'm wrong. And I might apologize. Where other people might have thought, well, maybe, Shady, you should apologize the day you said it or the, the next day you said it. Do you think it's coincidence that the apology came on the eve of a fine that would have cost him in excess of a hundred, of a, excuse me, of a million dollars in five days? To be honest, I, I don't think the money for him affected that. He makes crazy amount of money. Not just this year, years and years and years ago. So I don't think that the financial part, you know, affected his decision. I think he might have really been sorry. Dave, you raised an eyebrow. I just, I agree. I mean, I doubt losing this money really matters that much to Kyrie Irving at the end of the day. But, like, the gravity of this talking point, like, like what Joy just brought up, yeah, like, you can go and look. The, the book that this movie is based on advocates that the Holocaust never happened. I mean, that stuff is, it's, it's insane and it's dangerous. And, again, when you tweet something this egregious or put it on Instagram, whatever social platform, it doesn't matter. But like people are going to be talking to you about this immediately. That is what happened. Like for, the, for it to take six, seven, however many days for Kyrie to get there. I just I just don't think that holds water. Joy, that, you that, said that, that's one side. So what about the other people that's the same people that's talking to him about how it affect them? What about the other people that's talking to my man? Like I support you because these are the reasons why. You see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, I want you to see it both ways. But the both ways conversation, Shady, on this topic 
is exactly the propaganda's purpose. Okay. It's the, pur- the purpose of this propaganda is to soften the message, which is that Jews are the enemy. We talked about this a little bit in the meeting. Mm-hmm. We did. You don't, you don't directly just throw something at someone. These are the people you're supposed to hate. Do it. Right. That, that, we're like, what are you talking about? Why should I yeah. hate this person? Right. And you would even become defensive. The purpose of propaganda is to softly massage in an idea into a group of people, mm-hmm. a hateful, aggressive, destructive idea. And that's why propaganda is so dangerous. And it's been linked to atrocities throughout human history of every level. Colonialism, religious propaganda has led to genocides yeah, yeah, throughout yeah, history. Yeah. Slavery can be linked to propaganda. And of course, the Holocaust was birthed from this very propaganda that Kyrie is promoting, which is that which I don't have to explain. We know what anti-Semitic propaganda is and it's in this. And you can't just say I believe in some of the stuff that's here, but I don't believe in this part of it right. because the whole message is a massage for your mind and heart to believe in this hateful rhetoric. And that's why everyone is divided. Let me ask you one final question, because based on what I've heard from you, the apology was not enough. I completely understand that. What do you want to see from Kyrie Irving going forward? What does Joy Taylor want to see? What will be enough? The apology wasn't enough. What will be enough from Kyrie Irving today at 2.01 Pacific time on November 4th for you to think, you know what, Kyrie Irving, thank you. It's not about me. Um, But I'm making it about you. I'm asking you specifically. But I am saying I am not arrogant enough to make this conversation about me. It's not about me. I wasn't the one who was attacked by what Kyrie posted. What is about me is saying something is hateful will then label me as anti-black or you as anti-black or anyone who says don't say anti-Semitic stuff is anti-black. That part became about me. But this story is about anti-Semitism. So I don't need, I, Joy Taylor, don't need an apology from Kyrie Irving. I'm not the one who was, who was harmed in this. Other people were. So it would be arrogant of me, and, and not to you know, dismiss the question, but it would be arrogant of me to say, I want this from Kyrie Irving. I don't need anything from Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie's truly apologetic, he will seek out the people that were harmed by this and make it right with them. Yeah, that would be my hope for Kyrie Irving. It's yeah. like, as he continues to explore, because that is what Kyrie Irving always does. He wanted to explore whether the earth was flat or not. He found that resolution. Yeah, we already did He that. wanted to explore uh, vaccination status. He's continuing that exploration. And now he's going on this exploratory process as well. I hope that he has to seek, I hope that he does, in fact, take the time to seek people who lived through it. If I've spoken to a Holocaust survivor with my access, Kyrie Irving, I trust and promise you can as well. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are both going in the wrong direction in the win-loss column. But that could end this weekend. Who do we have more confidence in to snap their losing streak? That's next on Speak. Shady, man. What these Phillies need to do, but you nervous? Nah, never you that. Sweating. We've been there before. I we, feel we've been there before. Listen, Philly, stand up, baby. We've been there before. <laughs> what, 3-2? Game six in Houston? We've been there before. Have we? First game, we beat them. We're coming right back home, baby, with the championship. Let's go. Stand up, Philly. Let's get it. Here's a, here's a problem, Shady. Nick Foles is not playing for the Phillies. Well, Why have we been here? Bryce Harper, he... But when have we been here before? What you mean? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... Man, all that wordplay don't matter. We're going to get that win. We're going to get that win. Shady said they're going to get it. They're going to get it. They need wins, plural. Don't worry about uh, one win at a time. One at a time. One at a time. That's that Dallas That's why they can't win nothing, baby. That's why they can't go. You're right. You're right. I caught that. Game six, we will own that. I caught that. I caught that. Well, look, 
two of the best that ever did it as we transition to football. We got to talk Tom Brady, got to talk Aaron Rodgers. It has not been going great for either of them this year. Now the Packers have lost four straight, but next up is a road game against the Detroit Lions on Fox. Meanwhile, Tom Brady and the Bucks, they've lost three straight. They host the Rams on Sunday. Fascinating stuff. You got two really great players, one of the greatest of all time, one one of the most talented of all time, Brady Rogers, both in a negative streaking direction. Shady, who are you more confident in breaks a losing streak on Sunday, Brady or Rogers? The GOAT. And I want y'all to figure it out which one I'm talking about. The real big GOAT. <laughs> I'm going with Tom Brady. First of all, they have a home game. And, and my thing is, like, he's been here before, right? It's been a while. What, 2002? It's been a while. So I can't see Tom going out like that. I think with this team, um, they know each other. Eventually, it has to crack. We have to get things going again. Like, they know how to do it. And the next thing is, like, the Rams. Matt Stafford has been tripping. Time out. He got I got to call, call him out. Shady, this, your mentality, big dog, is how people go broke at the casino. Eventually, nah, it got to I mean, turn. Eventually, eventually wait, it's going to land on game, wait, Eventually. But am I, who am I betting on? Am I betting on the dice or the, or, or the cards or I'm betting on Tom Brady? Come on now. It's the GOAT. I said the GOAT. See, I know what I'm talking about. I just think that the team they're going against, the Rams, they're really, they're really struggling. Up front, they're bad, bad, bad. And don't, don't forget this. The Bucks defense is still a top five defense. And that matters in football, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, Tommy, make me right now. Make me right. <laughs> I hate, bro, you like talking to the dealer right now. Hey, make me right. <laughs> let, me, let, me get, let me get the ace. Blackjack, Bill, or Bucks win. Deuce. <laughs> 13. Deuce. Oh. Um, That's Jordan, a no break no. this down for me. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, more likely to snap the streak. Uh, more confident in Brady. See, when I gamble, I play craps. Mm. Oh, okay. Because it's, 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 the best, it's the best game if you're at the casino, if, you, if you're me. Because you just kind of lean, oh, my God, I don't, <laughs> how do you play this? That don't work for us. <laughs> oh, I only have this much money. Oh, I lost it. I guess I'll have to go. It's so accurate. We had the table all night. Oh, it's, it's never failed. Yeah. It's wonderful. And then they let you keep the money. Mm-hmm. It's great. Wow, must be nice, huh? It is. I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I'm more confident in Brady. I, I, I'm picking the Lions. Oh, let's go. Oh. No, I love that. I picked them yeah, too. so you can catch her in the I'll pick them too. No, I picked them too. Bro, yeah. the Lions have given yeah. damn near everyone they've played a game. That's not even that weird of a take. we got to stop down. That's I not see, even that weird of a take. This is why I don't like that, Dave. The Lions are 4-20 and 20 in their last 24 games. So what? Giving somebody a game? How the Lions going to beat the Packers, Joy? Well, Let me know. So first of all, the Lions can put up points. They can. Okay, and the Packers are, are struggling to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a road game. Injuries. And the injuries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm having some confidence in Man Campbell, all right? I'm, I'm going to give the Lions this game. And you're asking me who am I more confident is going to break the streak. I think it's the Bucs. So, and for all the reasons Shady mentioned, the Rams are very banged up right now. Cooper Cup is banged up. Take advantage of it. Real. Alan Lazard, questionable. Christian Watson, questionable. So the Packers do have a lot of questions. Dave Hellman, answer my question. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, more likely to break the streak. I thought I was going to be all interesting and cool going with Tom Brady. Like, they've got the harder game, so I thought I was being real smart <laughs> saying the Bucks. But, no, I've got so much more confidence in Tom Brady. But, again, I know the Rams just won the Super Bowl. I know that they've got a better record than the Lions. I do not trust that offense, specifically on the road against Todd Bowles. I mean, we can criticize Todd Bowles as a head coach, but he knows how to dial up pressure. And against an offensive line like this, you got some good pass rushers on that line. You got Devin White, who maybe he's not having the best season in the world, but he knows how to blitz the quarterback. I have absolute faith the Bucs are going to make life hell on Matt Stafford. 
And at home, after they call it the mini bye week, right? Mm -hmm. When you play on Thursday, you get a long weekend to sort of take a breath and assess. So the Bucks have had a chance to self scout, rip out the pages that suck, and put in some new stuff. Like I, I the like Lions, the Bucks way more. All the Lions, they can't. They don't know how to win. The they Lions were you. up like twenty-one-seven on your beloved Dolphins you a week do, ago. You do realize you used the past tense sorry, word? I'm sorry. You said were. They up. were. What past tense? They lost. Like the Lions have won four games in two years. You think they're going to be Aaron Rodgers? This the Packers? Aaron, this Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like you're you're talking about the, about the Lions. Like you are talking about the past reputation of Aaron Rodgers, like a different Packers offense than this one. Uh, now, you watch a lot of tape. Yes, sir. I'm going to talk to you straight. Please do. How bad is he playing right now? Aaron Rodgers is playing bad. He's playing bad. He is. Okay. But as bad as he's playing, they have three wins this year. That's one less win than the Detroit Lions have in the last 21 yeah, they games. They're like the same level right now. At the same level. Golf's playing better. The he dude, the, <laughs> yeah, 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 look, yeah. the Lions have been smacked one time all year. They gave the birds a game. They were I mean, the birds were up by a couple yeah, possessions. But that's, to that's that, my but, point though. Like yeah. we know the Lions are capable of scoring points. Yeah. Yes, they it's, are. It's, it's the defense that concerns me. But that defense is going up against a struggling Green Bay. Well, this is a favorable matchup for Detroit. Let me ask, let me ask defense. to me what's the more fascinating question in conversation. Let's talk about the Lions and Dan Campbell real quick. Couple minutes. Okay. Um, how much more grace are we extending him? I get Hard Knocks was dope this year. Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson had the whole little dance. Uh, that whole song was fun and cool. Dan Campbell biting off kneecaps last year. That's what he said during his presser. We're going to bite off kneecaps. That's all cool. That's all fun. I've seen coaches get fired for less. Dave, going to start with you because you've been covering coaches and you've been covering teams. You've been on teams where you've seen coaches get fired. How much more grace are you personally? And then do you think the Detroit Lions should extend to 4-20, and 20, Dan Campbell? So here's the thing. Number one, I've been around enough coaches and enough season that looked or enough seasons that looked sunk that wound up not being that to like judge too harshly. So this is Dan Campbell's second year, right? Yes, sir. They brought him in to fix a terrible team. The Matt Patricia era was we probably don't give it enough credit for how atrocious it was, for how bad that was. So you are doing a down to the studs rebuild. Now I'm not sold that Dan Campbell is the guy, but I don't think a season and a half is enough to fire him, especially, again, you can say it all you want. There's no moral victory. Let me ask you this. Let's talk likability. And this is what I hate when things factor in, like how likable somebody is. Matt Patricia error was awful. Awful. Won six games, won three games, won five games. Dan Campbell's won three games, and he's on pace to win two games. Matt Patricia error was awful. This Dan Campbell era is worse yeah, statistically. But, like, and I, I have a lot. A lot of respect for Lions fans because, man, that is a choice. Mm -hmm. to, to, it just is. It is. We don't, we don't really, you know, go hard on the Lions, probably because out of respect for Detroit, <laughs> honestly. Like, I spent a lot of time in Detroit growing up. My grandparents lived there. Like, I, I think that's really what it is. We, we respect Detroit fans. The Lions are a, a bad organization. It's very, very difficult to win there. Who has done it? Mm -hmm. we, don't, we know what Jared Goff is outside of Sean McVay. So that's not a big reveal. We saw it before he got there, and he's doing the same thing afterwards. So what Dan Campbell is dealing with is not the best material, and he hasn't had a whole lot of time to get his own material in there. Now, I called him Man Campbell because that originated in Miami. Dan Campbell is a lot of the rah-rah, bite the kneecap stuff off. Like, I think that only goes so far. That's where I'm at, Joy. That's where I, I'm I think at. that's good for locker rooms. I think it's good for training camp. I think it's good for, your point, likability. I don't know how much that translates to wins, wins and it but I will say it does, it does have some factor to me in when you are building a culture. 
I which just, I feel like was the first thing that he was trying Shady, to do. Shady, here's my issue, though, and I, I want to hear your thoughts before you take us home, is take with most, most good coaches, you know fairly instantly if they're going to turn that thing. Kyle Shanahan got to San Fran, and the second he got Jimmy G, 6-0, he was winning. Um, Kevin Stefanski got to Cleveland, and with Baker, who Baker couldn't get right, gets to Cleveland, instantly 11 wins. Sean McVay goes to Los Angeles, takes over for Jeff Fisher. Two years later, he's in the Super Bowl. To me, I'm like most great coaches, Zach Taylor with the Bengals, his third year there, he's in the Super Bowl. I don't think in this day and age it takes that long. If you're on that squad, you might love Dan Campbell, but you hate losing. How much yeah. more grace you giving them? How long till you looking around like, hey, big dog, one win? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think, though, like, even, like, all the teams you talked about, like, they had some standout players. When I look at this, this roster, this team, they, they don't have no real good players. So I think Swift is, is the real deal, yeah. but he's always hurt. Right? Who else? See, you got to have some – this like – that's the problem with Chip Kelly, and I hate to go back that far, but he didn't understand that this is a, a good player's player. league. Yeah. The coaches coach to put the players in position to win. Now it's the player's job to go out there and win. And what players do they have to go out there and win? Right? Even Zach in, in, his, in his third year with the Bengals, like, they got players. They got top Bad five dudes. players. They got top – they don't have no players. No players on the, on, on the Detroit Lions. So, it's like I can't ask this coach to go out there and win games with – with some type of players. I feel you. I feel you. I get they don't yet have the superstars. Hopefully, the Swift can develop into it. Can, Hutchinson can develop into it. I feel you on that one. Well, coming up, we have to talk a lot more about Kyrie Irving and really break this down. It's the most interesting topic, at least the most divisive topic in sports. So we are going to give our opinions on it. A five-game suspension is what he's currently dealing with. That's next. Speak. The Nets suspended Kyrie Irving for at least five games without pay yesterday. They said they were dismayed that he refused to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs and added he's, quote, currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this was, well, after hours after the suspension, Kyrie Irving took to Instagram, issued an apology to all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected by his post. Picking up where we left off, Joy, you have some of the most interesting thoughts I've heard about this in totality. Where do you stand on how the Nets are handling Kyrie Irving in this situation? They're not handling it well. This is a barnyard musical. I prefer Broadway. This is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the league. It's an embarrassment to the organization. Kyrie's reputation may never recover from this. There's no leadership in Brooklyn. There's no culture. There never has been. And it's very obvious that there isn't now. This is not a sewing circle. This is a billion-dollar professional organization in a, in a global league that we're talking about here. This isn't like a record label. This is... This is a massive organization that employs hundreds of people within a league that employs thousands of people that has reached all over the globe. I would say every corner of the globe because Kyrie believes in that. Literally everywhere. I hate you that was, so much. That was good. Well, who's in charge here? The face of your organization is defiantly spreading white supremacist talking points through a documentary, an anti-Semitic documentary. That's the face of the organization. What would you like them to do? It's too late. What are you going to do? This was this, everything that's happened with the Brooklyn Nets is very predictable. We've been talking about this all week before this this got to the level that it was about what a, what a dumpster fire this organization is. They don't win. Well, I, I think the, the the amount of winning that they have done over the past couple of years is a bit exaggerated. They made it to the sem the semifinals. They didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. They didn't make it to the finals. Mm -hmm. They got swept last year in the first round. 
What are we talking about here? Everyone knows. Here's the unspoken truth about all of this. And I don't really feel like it's, it's hitting everyone where it needs to. The only thing you can't do is lose. That's it. That's all you can't do. You can't lose. You can get away with anything else. It's true. You can get $230 million guaranteed. You can't lose. We know that. We all know that. It's an uncomfortable truth, but it is the truth. And they're losing on top of everything else that's gone on with the organization. No, they're not handling it well. They don't handle anything well. It's a disaster. See, I, I guess maybe I'm focused more on how else they could have handled it. Like, I don't mind how they handled it for the sake of you give Kyrie Irving the five-game suspension without pay. Now, you could have suspended him sooner, but I think any owner, any authoritative uh, figure, they want to give their person the benefit of the doubt that eventually they'll come around. Yeah. Right? Like, you, want, you don't want to ground your child on the first offense. You want to give him a second offense. I don't have children. Shady, you can attest to it. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, they're thinking, Kyrie Irving, surely you'll apologize. Give him the opportunity to apologize. He doesn't. Give him another opportunity to apologize. He doesn't. You know what, Kyrie? We're left with no other choice but to suspend you. Could they release him? They absolutely could. Does that do any serve any better purpose? I'm not completely convinced because now you're releasing a $34 million asset and he's just walking away with $34 million and you still catch an L's. Right, Maybe right. because I don't know how they could have handled it better. I'm okay with how they handled it. Shady, where do you stand? It's tricky for me like because it's like what, what, what can they do? Like, what do you do? I mean, if it's a guy that believes on whatever he believes in or, or if Kevin Durant believes whatever he believes in, it's like, you want to suspend him for what he believes? So it, it, it's hard. I, I think maybe try to help him out. Give him some, I don't know, sensitivity to now, training. He is supposed to talk to different Jewish leaders, leaders in Brooklyn. I'm just saying, like, something, like, help, help him out with, with bringing more people together to, to teach him more about it. It's like, I don't understand. It's, it's hard. It's a hard question because, like, like, what do you do? You talk about if you release him, right? You release him for he believes something that that whatever he believes, right? And then $34 million. Well, come on. So it's like, that's the business part of it. You don't want to do that. And then it's, you don't want to accept the, the community. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sure it's, the owner is Jewish. You got Jewish fans. So it's like, it's a tricky situation. So I, I really don't have the real answer. What do you do? Uh, you would also make him a martyr, which would only further, if you're, yeah, cement, thing, yeah. you only further cement the people that agree with him that so, all of this it's is a tricky, it's tricky, man. Right. But I could tell you what a, a good organization would do because we have an example of it. It's Myers, Myers Leonard. Mm -hmm. okay. He said an offensive word to the Jewish community. Yep. The Miami Heat suspended him, fined him, and then traded him. And, and we haven't even brought this up. Because it was handled so quickly and properly. It's true. So there, there's, there are examples now, of as, what you can do when people do things like this. But as a journalist, Joy, you've been in the field, I don't want to sell you short, 15 12, years. 15, 15 years. You know better than anybody the difference between My Myers yeah, Leonard and yeah. Kawhi, uh, Kyrie yeah. Irving. Yeah. Like, if Myers Leonard was Kyrie Irving... Well, I can't speak to the Miami Heat, but I just don't know that you're getting rid of that valuable an asset no, and, quickly. No, and, and trading him... Maybe didn't even have to, maybe they didn't even have to do that because Myers immediately uh, apologized and immediately began working with people and having conversations about what happened. And obviously, Kyrie is a different level of player mm -hmm. than Myers Leonard, so it is not exactly a parallel equivalency. However, however, Kyrie Irving also has a long list of incidents that would absolutely infer that he is. He, he prefers to put himself above everything else in the organization. Like, I don't know, missing most of the season last year and tanking them and putting them out of contention for the championship because of his own personal decision, which he's entitled to make, but it is a reflection of what he feels about basketball. So 
on one hand, you can't argue with me that you're an organization that cares about winning. And then on the other hand, continue See, to put yourself in this situation. And, and that's my issue also. Like, like you know who, who you have, right? Think about all the teams we played on. Like, you know what type of characters you have in the locker room, what type of personalities. So my thing is, before the Nets this year, going into the season, they talked about how we want players that want to be here, right? That was a big thing. Yep. So when this came up, you knew what type of player you have to even say that. Exactly. So I think if you look at his, his track record, it's a lot. I like Kyrie Irving as a, as a player, right? I interviewed him a couple times. He's, you know, we're cool. He's a solid guy, right? But he's a guy that thinks outside the world. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's what he does. So my thing is like, y'all know that he's always outspoken. He's always telling his different beliefs, this, that, every topic in the world. So you know this type of guy you have here. And it's like, when I look at the Nets organization, it's like, what should they do? Well, maybe it's too late right now. You should have been to something because you know what type of guy you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, Joy, we talked about your 15 years of experience. I want to bring in a person who has, I think, roughly 35 years of experience covering is? the sport. You know it's slick. Oh, that's Rick, slick. You Rick could. with the jury. Slick, man. Sorry. It's good to see you on slick. <laughs> uh, let's hone back in for a second. You know way too much about yeah. this Kyrie Irving situation. Break it down for our viewers who could benefit greatly from your knowledge. How do you think the Nets are handling it? Do you like how the Nets are handling it? I hold the Nets as culpable for this situation as Kyrie Irving. I believe that they have created it hand in hand because, as you guys know and as you've mentioned, this isn't the first incident with Kyrie Irving. This isn't the first time he has been divisive or he's put out misinformation or he's made it more about him than the team. And how have the Nets handled it. You brought up the kid comparison, the kid's parent uh, comparison. The Nets have been like the parents who have the kid who runs around the neighborhood and he's throwing rocks. Now, it starts out kind of innocuous. He's throwing rocks at stop signs and fire hydrants and mailboxes. And, but it's, you know, it's somewhat annoying. Uh, but the parents are looking the other way because no one's complained. And then one of the rocks hits a car. Mm. And then he, he hits a house. And now the parents start to complain. And the parents are like, uh, okay, hey, um, we, we told them we don't believe in rock throwing. Don't, don't do that anymore. And then he throws another rock and he puts it through somebody's window. And now the whole neighborhood is on their front lawn. And the, the Nets parents are like peeking out of the window. And they're like, okay, what? Um, Hey, we, we, we told them not to do it anymore. And then they're still, okay, are they going away? No, they're still here. There's more of them. Okay, um, we're taking away his allowance. Um, what do you think? Are they going away? The issue for me is that the Nets have been so reactionary in all this. They haven't been proactive. They haven't cut it at the knees and said, Kyrie, we're not about this. We're about trying to play winning basketball. We're trying to, to build something here. And what you're doing is counterproductive to what we're trying to do. But because the Nets haven't done anything along the way, it's all been a matter of, well, how's the public reacting? And then we'll measure it. Even in this, it's we're going to suspend you at least five games. I guarantee you when we get to the end of the five games, if this is blown over, they'll be like, okay, can we go on? But can Slick, we move let me on? ask you. Let me ask you this because this is a very important question. And I think uh, the listeners will benefit greatly from it. 
You know high-level athletes. I'm sitting next to an incredibly high-level athlete. I was an athlete, but I was not a super max kind of player like LaShawn McCoy was, like Kyrie Irving literally is. What does right. cut at the knees look like for Kyrie Irving? Because it's very easy for me to sit here and say, oh, they should have got rid of him. You know that's not as easy as it is. You can't mandate that Kyrie right. gets vaccinated. You can't mandate that Kyrie not believe in what he wants to believe in. You can't mandate that Kyrie believe that the earth is round and not, in fact, flat. What does cut it right. at the knees look like? It means you set the standard. You establish publicly, this is what we will accept. This is what we will not accept. If Kyrie Irving is willing to do this, then we want him to be part of the organization. And if not... Then you have to lay out what the repercussion is going to be. But you have to do it ahead of time. And you have to do it the instant something comes up. But how do you know that he you need said, to do it, Slick? Because who in the world would have thought? Now, I think a lot of crazy things hmm. that Kyrie Irving would have thought, especially after he said that the earth was flat. But I did not think that Kyrie Irving would not get vaccinated and not play his home games for half the season. And I definitely would not right. think that Kyrie Irving would be pushing ideologies that the Holocaust did not happen. Who in the world would have thought you have to set a precedent like that? Well, wait a minute. Are you really surprised by all this, by Kyrie Irving, when he said at the very beginning of Steve Nash's tenure... Yeah, we don't really need a coach. Who has ever said that before? And do you think that that is a positive for the Brooklyn Nets in their attempts to win a championship? Right then and there, the Brooklyn Nets should have set the line and said, yeah, Kyrie, no, you have a coach. And if you're not listening, like, they needed to answer that right away. And we can get into the ins and outs of where they should have or how they should have set the line. But the fact of the matter is they never even attempted to set any line at this point until after the fact. And so Kyrie, if I'm Kyrie, I'm continually emboldened by the fact that no matter what I've said, I really haven't even suffered any repercussions. Even when it came to the vaccination, it became, well, that's the New York law and we can't get around it. But they were doing everything they could initially to be able to manage around it. What did they originally say? Well, he's just going to play on the road. And then they changed their mind and said, hey, you know what? It wouldn't be effective for the team, so we're just going to have him sit out entirely. But the Nets have never taken the wheel and set the course for this. It's always been, oh, what did Kyrie do now? Okay, well, how, how's the public reacting? Okay, what do we need to say to, and it always felt to me as if they were doing it to mollify the public or the NBA as opposed to ultimately protecting their own. And if you want a comparison, the vaccination situation with Andrew Wiggins and Golden State Warriors, they had the exact same thing. Who came out and spoke about it? Steph Curry did elegantly. The, the team said, we're going to we'll figure this out. Now, a lot of it they took care of behind the scenes. But ultimately, Andrew Wiggins to this day will tell you he didn't like getting vaccinated, but he did so. And he ended up winning a championship. And the Golden State Warriors have a lot to show for that because they collectively set the terms of how they were going to go forward and they held everybody to it. The Brooklyn Nets are the exact opposite of that example. Slick, incredibly well said, very enlightening, very educational. I miss you, my brother. I'm going to call you the second I get off set. We got to talk more about this on or off the air. Coming up, the Eagles undefeated right now. But how long will that last? 
LaShawn McCoy tell you into the 2025 season. But on speak, we got to keep it real. That's next. Don't go anywhere. Well, the Eagles, they just keep on winning. They beat the Texans last night in Houston, off to an 8-0 start for the first time in franchise history. Now Philly got nine games left in the regular season. Four of those games against teams that are at or below 500, a.k.a. not very good. Shady, we got to have that conversation people don't want to talk about. Can the Eagles go undefeated? You starting to think they will. Now, to say a team will go undefeated, like it never really happens, right? But this year is different. This year, we might go undefeated. Not might. We will. Now, you want to talk about the schedule? I don't know what the schedule is. I, I didn't set it up, right? I didn't talk to, <laughs> to, to Roger, hey, who you got, who, who's, who's the Eagles playing in week 15. I don't know that. I know when I looked at the schedule, we could beat all these teams. We got we, The only tough teams we got left? Titans? Nah. nah I watched them play a good team. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go with, um, okay, the uh, Giants. Mm-hmm. Giants is a good team, right? I think nice. I'll be, I'll be, it's a divisional game. It's always tough. And then the Cowboys – even them, like, we're going to bully them. And we're a lot smarter in that team. So, you're smarter and you're tougher. You should win that game. Mm. Undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Dave, coming to you. Uh, you think the Eagles can go undefeated? I, just, I, hate, I hate this topic. I said at the top of the show, too. Like, they've only played eight. They have more to play than they have played. And we're sitting here talking about them going undefeated. Like, the last team to go undefeated in the regular season before the 1972 Patriots. Miami Dolphins, the 07 Patriots. That, like, that is the standard. And by the way, if you got a short memory or if you're young, from Thanksgiving onward, those Patriots were fighting for their life every week. They were getting, they barely beat the Giants team that beat them in the Super Bowl. Like, they barely snuck by them. They were getting, they had to fight off Baltimore. Like, they were fighting for their lives because when a team gets to 9, 10, 11, and 0, now the target's on your back even right. more than it already was. That's right. That's the type of stuff that happens, and the NFL was already incredibly parody-driven anyway. So, no, I mean, and it's, it's not to hate on the Eagles, but they got the Packers, they got the Cowboys. Packers? They Another got the, one. It's still an NFL team, Joy. It's an NFL oh, team. Don't quarterback. What's quarterback? Don't give you what? Don't quarterback, quarterback what? Don't give you that anything can happen what? any given Sunday. Quarterback what? Quarterback yes, by Aaron Rodgers. So then why am I getting weird looks because when I suggest? When you look at the opponents and you're thinking like the they Packers. have some tough opponents coming up. How about this? How about You want me to say something really wild? Please. Please. They got to go to Chicago in the, in December and play what? the Chicago Bears. It's cold field. in Philadelphia. I'm just and saying. And after that game, we're going to say, another one. Hey. <laughs> and another one. The way one. the Bears have been playing <laughs> offense recently oh could God. be a recipe for success. I'm just oh, saying, if you can better. keep the ball away they from Philly's offense. Yeah, they got to change. I'm just – you think they're going to go 17-0? This is what I do know. I'll, I'll meet you. What I do know is this, that all these teams and all these quarterbacks, you're going to talk about Justin Fields? And, and the game playing a lot better. He's playing a lot better. Boy, uh, look, on, I, I would have stayed with you if you argued Tennessee or, or even trash. both the Giants matchups. I just, and I certainly would have entertained Dallas because this was, was what I'm going to do as well. I don't think the Eagles are going to go undefeated. But that's all I'm saying. But, neither but, did the Giants but honestly, and, uh, or, or, uh, uh, Patriots in 2007. Oh, oh, they can. It happens. You see they what I'm saying? Can, Nobody don't believe it until no. it happens. But Shady, Muhammad Ali said, I'm the greatest no. of all time. It doesn't. Nobody believed it. Until what happened? Until what happened? He was the greatest of all time. But Shady, it happens. Who cares if they go undefeated? Yeah, that's my thing. They're well, not the, trying to go undefeated. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. I know, but the question to, that my dog asked, I, know. I had to be honest. You don't want those problems, in all honesty. Honestly, Jalen Hurts answered it perfectly. What do you say? I know it's a special day for the city of Philadelphia. It is. I've been 8-0 before and lost the national championship. 
So just take it day by day. And that's the right mentality to have. That's a leader. That's a leader. I agree because it doesn't matter if they go undefeated. I actually, I think it would be better for them if they didn't go undefeated. You don't think it matters? Like, I think I'd be dumb. Listen, if you go undefeated and win a Super Bowl, I will personally be sad because that's the only thing the Dolphins had for a very long time. <laughs> We're good now, so we don't got to bring it up all the time. But, yeah, that would be an amazing, incredible, historic wow. accomplishment. But they're really just trying to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> so, and, and that's what Jalen is saying. Like, it's, it's a great accomplishment. They should, they should feel great. They should feel confident. They should go into every game wanting to win, which they will. But if they lose a game, it's not going to change my opinion of the Eagles. And I don't think it would change their opinion of themselves in a negative way. Sometimes you, want, you learn from failure. So if they lose to one of the good teams left on the bad. schedule – uh, the t- Tennessee, they play New York twice, yeah. which you've mentioned. They have another game against Dallas at Dallas. So division, those are divisional games. If they lose one of those games, you can then see, okay, why do we lose? These are things we need to tune up. These are things we need to be sharper at. I think there's, there's benefits to not going undefeated if you're going to go on a Super Bowl run. You don't want those problems. You don't want the pressure that goes with being 17 and 0. Yes. Mm. Pressure. Unbelievable pressure. Pressure makes diamonds, Dave. Only thing is, when you win so many games like that, you like, like, we can't lose. You be confident. It's real. Even when stuff goes bad. Because when stuff goes bad, you start panicking. But when you're really good, Mm. we got this. What's up, family? Now, this got to be your favorite segment of the week. It's time for me to pick every single winner of the games this weekend. Eagles got it started last night. That was an easy pick. It's about to get complicated. Put 100 seconds on the clock. On your marks, get set, let's roll. Falcons at the Chargers. Y'all know where I stand on Justin Herbert, and the Falcons coming off a huge win last week thanks to the Panthers. Bad kicker. Falcons get it done. Bears, Dolphins. The Bears have been getting better. better. They played the Cowboys tough for a half, but you're going to need more than a half against the Dolphins. Dolphins win it. How about this one? The Bengals and the Panthers. Both of those teams struggling, trying to figure their life out. Joe Burrow will get it figured out first. Bengals win. Packers. Lions, they've been trying to confuse me over here at the desk. I'm not getting confused by it. Aaron Rodgers, Packers, they break their four-game losing streak. Packers win. You got Sam Ellinger versus the New England Patriots. Oh, Bill Belichick, he licks his chops when he's facing a young quarterback. Patriots win. Jets, Bills, very interesting matchup. Two good teams by record, but not necessarily by talent. Bills get this one done easily. Vikings at Commanders. Kirk Cousins, he's going back home. Kirk Cousins, you like that? I will. Vikings win. Raiders at the Jags. Raiders did not get past midfield until the final possession. They not beating the Jags. Jags find a way to get back in the win column. You got the Cardinals, Seahawks. I've been loving Geno Smith. I've bet on the Seahawks twice the last two weeks. I've been right both times. That's why I'm betting on the Cardinals. Cardinals win. You got the Rams. You got the Buccaneers. I can't wait for this one. Tom Brady, can you get right, please? Bucks going to find a way to get it done. Titans-Chiefs, this might be the most fascinating game of the week. Titans have won five straight games, five straight games, but that's going to end. Chiefs will win it. And then the Ravens and the Saints. Andy Dalton still starting last I heard. So for that reason, Lamar, action, Jackson, get the dub. Ravens win. Now, y'all might start wanting to change your picks based upon my picks. What's the water? You good? No, I'm good. Oh, I I took notes this week. Did you? I took Uh, notes. I'm like, all right, what what, 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 what did he pick? What's the difference? What's the biggest pick that's different between you? I'm, as the the Jags guy on this show, I'm surprised you're riding with the Jags. The Raiders did not get past, like, midfield until the final possession. I just refuse to believe they'll get it done. The teams that get shut out have a surprisingly good record the week after that. And the, the Raiders have more talent. They do. I'm waiting for it to show up. I took, um... 
uh, 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 the Commanders. You took Minnesota. Got you. And I took. Um, wait, that note. Uh, I also took the Vikings over the Commanders, and I took the Raiders over the Jags, Oof. and I took the Lions over Green Bay. Ooh. Yeah, I did that too. So this is going to be real Lions, good for Lions me or real Bay. bad for yeah. me. Basically, yeah. Uh, well, let's transition because we got to talk about one of the big matchups, the Titans and the Chiefs. That's the matchup that has me most excited. The Titans, the Vikings, the Eagles, the longest win streaks in the NFL. Obviously, the Eagles have an eight-game win streak. Now, the Chiefs are a huge favorite, 11-point favorite. Dave Hellman, I'm coming to you first. What can the Titans Yo, prove Dave. this weekend versus the Chiefs? The Titans can prove to me that they're a legitimately good team. And look, I get it. It's similar to the Eagles. Like, you win five in a row in the NFL, that's impressive no matter what. But it's funny they have Derrick Henry. The, the Titans remind me of the Bama teams that had Derrick Henry in the sense of, like, it's just – it's they built the whole plane out of this guy. Like, the whole team is – how well can Derrick Henry play? Like, Malik Willis didn't do anything for them against Houston. Mm-hmm. They still ran for 300 yards as a team. Can they do that against a legitimately good team? I mean, it was a long time ago by NFL standards, but they got absolutely run off the field by the Bills. Like, that against that yeah. caliber of team, they lost 41-7. to Not saying they're the same team now. But can you that different? Can you be as – it like, it, it, you don't see teams that can be this effective just simply – pounding the rock with Derrick Henry. Like, it's hard to do. So how they play this game will inform me. I I don't even need them to win. Just look like you belong, and I'll have a much higher opinion of you. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Colts. They beat twice. uh, the Colts twice. They beat the Commanders. They have beat the Texans. So to your point, they haven't beat a ton of people. Joy, what can they prove to you versus the Chiefs this weekend? Oh, yeah, they need to win. They don't need Mm. to just look good. If they lose by three? I mean, really? No. Okay. The, the, the The Titans are fake good. I'm not. I'm not falling for this. They do this all the time. And that. And listen, Derrick Henry is my quietly my favorite player in the league. I love watching what about Derrick Jalen Henry. Hurts? What? Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. Who's, who's who's like more of your favorite? Derrick Henry, Jalen Hurts. You said I'm my you said my boy was your favorite. Yeah. Derrick, what do you mean? You Derrick said, Henry, you said Jalen Hurts. Hurts. You said Derrick Henry was your favorite. I love Jalen Hurts. But who's no, your no, favorite? No, this is Derrick Henry. He's my this is some back, this okay? is some can Twitter I, I stuff mean, yeah, right here. Like, she's like, exactly. like she's like, I love Derrick Henry. Can I put Derrick Henry for five seconds? Do I think about somebody else? Don't suspend her for just telling us if it's if it's. Derrick Henry? It's Derrick Henry. But if it's Jalen Hurts, we got to know. Yeah, Shady, I got to be honest. I don't even actually remember saying that Jalen Hurts was my favorite player. Wrote down my notes. No, write my notes. <laughs> That's wild. But I, I love Jalen. I love what Jalen's doing. I love what Jalen stands for. All of that. Can I can I say I like Derrick yeah, Henry? She, Is that allowed? You, like, but saying, you said your favorite. I just... Okay. So, oh, so you hate so you hate Jalen Hurts Henry now. Henry is awesome, and I enjoy watching him in play football. In all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, this and is more important. Can you have two best friends? Yes, I have many best friends. I've got like eight. I have lots of best friends. Yeah, I have no best friends. I don't do that. Best friend? What, what, like somebody who's your best friend. <laughs> like of all your friends, this one is your best. <laughs> oh no, I got they are everybody's friends. I got good friends. I got good. You don't friends. have a best friend. Nah. So like D Jack wasn't like your best friend in Philly. That's my dog. That's my that's okay. My, JP was he your best friend? One of my brothers. Hey, Michael Vick, was that your I don't best friend? I have no best. I don't have. I don't do best friends. I don't do that. This is a very weird conversation. You don't have a best. Derek friend? Derrick Henry's right. awesome, but Derrick Henry is all Tennessee Plays, has. Preschool stuff. I don't really. I have lots of best friends. I, I'm not going to believe in the Titans unless they get this win. I don't care how about how you play. If you go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs, then I will believe that they are for real because they do this every single year, and it's because of that dude. The king, Derrick Henry. Shady, you have no best friend, so you're not allowed to answer this question. And honestly, we're out of time. (laughs) Coming up, there are 
some really good matchups this weekend, but which is the most intriguing? We got to take care of some family business, and I promise you all we'll figure out LaShawn McCoy's best friend. Shady's at no besties. Yeah, I don't lose, I don't lose besties. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I get no, no new favorites. Friends. Hey family, it's time to take care of some of our family business. Have we established Shady's best friend? Have we done that yet? I love that song. Don't you love that song? What song? Sorry. You don't hear it? The song. Oh, I'm talking yeah. about the beat. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm my so bad. focused on the conversation. Okay. Have we established this, though? No. I don't, really. I don't do besties. Yeah. Sorry. But like, you're closest to, like, D-Jack, Jeremy yeah. Mathis, oh my Deshaun gosh. Oh, my boys. Man. My dog. So you have best friends. After yeah. the recess. <laughs> After the recess, I stopped doing the besties. It's my best friend. But in the I didn't football, know this was just a one big game of recess. Let's share lunch. You're my best friend. I don't do none of that. We shared lunch in the Phillies in the Eagle Stadium. We had a recess playing football. Nah. Like, you were nah. just an adult kid. I'm the sterile. Shout out to my besties. Shout out to my besties.